It's got a soul, this hero farm. It falls asleep inside my arms. We walk the fields under the stars. For love is here in Goldshaw Farms. Welcome to Goldshaw Farm. I'm your host, Morgan Gold. On each episode of our podcast, we bring you stories of people who are homesteading, farming, and chasing their dreams. And right now, I just finished a workout here on the homestead. I have been outside shoveling snow for the last, I don't know, hour and a half. Uh, we get a lot of snow here in northern Vermont. I'm talking like, uh, I think last year it snowed 62 days. Um, we have snow ranging from usually... October-ish through uh, May, and uh, you know, generally speaking, as we get into the dead of winter, which has officially started here uh, right now, as I'm recording this for you, uh, it's it's constant. It's it's an ongoing thing, and in the winter months, I spend a lot of time and energy shoveling. I shovel our walkways. I shovel pathways to and from the duck houses. Um, it's probably in, in total, uh, I don't know, I probably shovel, eh, I'd say it's about 100 yards of uh, pathway that I'm freeing up on a regular basis. I find that it's not too bad if you keep up with the shoveling uh, just by doing it regularly and so just dedicating some time, but every once in a while when you get uh, a lot of snow dumped on you like we just got over the last uh, 12 hours or so, whew, <laughs> it can make for a lot of work. Um but I don't mind it because I really actually see it as a form of exercise. Um, you know, in the summer months, I'm outside working so much, working on projects, building things, doing a lot of chores, doing a lot of activities. I feel like I get a fair amount of exercise and activity. In the winter month, it's a little bit harder. You know, I, I carry buckets of water and usually it's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight five-gallon buckets of water weighing about 40 pounds a piece. Uh, back and forth from the house to the duck house. Um, you know, it's funny. There's a, an exercise known as a farmer's walk where you carry heavy weights and just walk with them as far as you can. Basically, my bucket routine is is a uh, actual true version of the, the farmer's walk. And, and I guess I'm, I'm rapping to you guys about all of these, you know, related fitness things. You know, because I think when a lot of us think about life on a homestead or a farm and, and living this type of lifestyle, we often have these visions of just how healthy we're going to be. You know, we're going to be healthy from eating all the right foods. We're going to be healthy because we're getting so much exercise doing our chores. And, uh, you know, based on my experience, I, I've definitely found uh, it's been a better path. Well... I, I for sure could still lose plenty of weight right about now. I, I found that once I moved up here to the farm after a couple of months of it, I, I easily lost about 25 pounds. And uh, so much of that came from just, yeah, eating the right stuff and having a lot to do. Um, and, and this lifestyle, is, is it's, a, it's a healthy one, but I think you need to, to pay attention to how you take care and maintain your health. Uh, the guests that we actually have for this episode of, of the Goldshaw Farm podcast are actually highly focused on health. In fact, one of one of the guests, uh, he's a former uh, competitive bodybuilder. Mike and Lacey Dixon, uh, who, who live down in North Carolina, uh, they have a channel, The, the Fit Farmer. Um, they're just a really interesting couple. They have several young children. They are working as farmers. They 
produce content on YouTube, and, and they absolutely prioritize their health as they think about their homestead. And, and so I figured today it'd be really interesting to sit down with them and learn about their story and how they got into doing what they're doing and how Mike made that transition from being a bodybuilder to a homesteader and get a little bit of a sense of, of how those two things differ and, and how those things are similar. So without going on any further and ramping this up, here's my conversation with Mike and Lacey. How did we meet? We uh, we met through a mutual friend, uh, and we all just kind of went out as a group together. And, uh, and then well, we back up a minute. We we had said that we did. Greg introduced us. Yeah. But then we talked on the phone one night, and I got as soon as I got off the phone, I was like, "This is going to be a terrible date. This is a bad idea." He didn't like to talk on the phone, and then we went out the next night. Yeah, and then we started seeing each other. So it wasn't much a terrible day. No, because the next I, night we went out by ourselves, and then we've been together for 17 years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and were either of you farming or homesteading when you guys met? I have no, I had no experience homesteading, growing food when I was growing up. Um, well, I had a real bad diet. We ate a lot of sugar, Kool-Aid, and added sugar to it, Frosted Flakes, added sugar to it, everything pretty much added sugar to it. And then as I got more into health and fitness, uh, I had wanted to know more about food and where my food came from and eating a, a good diet. Um, so I was, got into fitness and bodybuilding for a number of years, actually competed and I uh, worked my way up to a uh, pro bodybuilder at one point. And then uh, along the way we got married, she was helping me out with bodybuilding and I just kept getting more and more interested in where my food came from. And uh, when we bought our first house, I was like, oh, let's do a garden together, It'd be our first our family garden, it'd be my first time growing stuff. So uh, we kind of started from there. We bought a house in the city where we tried to do a little bit of the urban garden, urban homestead thing. I was uh, inspired by the work of Jules Dervais uh, out in uh, Pasadena, California, what he was doing, growing things off a tenth of an acre. And we tried to start growing more and more food. And then from there, we started feeling really restricted in what we were able to do out uh, on that property. Then we started having kids. And yeah. And then I really wanted to know more about our food, provide better food. And then, do uh, you have any more to add to that part? No. <laughs> well, well, let me go, go back to the bodybuilding part. Yeah. That to me is like, wow, that's that's interesting. Because, right, so, so homesteading is often based in health. People are very focused on where their food comes from and the, that connection, that the relationship that has with your health. Yeah. Bodybuilding is often health, mm -hmm. but it's almost coming at it from an, an exceptionally different angle. Sure like, how would you contrast the two? Uh, I think with, with um, I personally feel that they're related. A lot of people split them up into being two different things, but I think true bodybuilding is really being concerned about your body and taking care of your body, and that is uh, associated with, with the food you eat. It's really important. But some people see bodybuilding as more like a vain thing, uh, just focusing on the image of looking a certain way, and it's about muscle, and it's about pumping, and putting a whole bunch of drugs and steroids and all that thing in your body. Uh, that I think that is extreme uh, bodybuilding. Um, I think the more I was a natural bodybuilder, so I was always uh, interested in doing it from a healthy perspective. And uh, for me, it was more of like you're, you're sculpting your body, but at the same time, you're, you're taking care of your body. You really care about your body because it's the body we have. And 
then that's where we kind of went from there and it just it was for me it was it was just from the healthy perspective it's what drew me to wanting to grow food i think everybody kind of has their own hook of how they get into homesteading but for me it was uh wanting to be be healthier and for my family to be healthier through eating healthy food so so were you guys already married and you have kids before you started growing your own food or did it happen before that yes we got um i still doing the bodybuilding thing uh and then we bought our first house together and we knew once we uh, we were planning to have kids after we got our house and kind of got settled, and um, and then as we started growing food, right as our before my we had our, our first child together, our yeah. daughter, she came. I was working on starting to grow more and more there, and then she came along, and then I really ramped it up and started growing things. And we were the only weirdos in our neighborhood that was growing corn and tomatoes in their front yard, and we started trying to just grow whatever I could where we were. So. But where do you hit that point? Because I, I remember that phase too, right? Where, you know, I was living in D.C. and I ripped up my front yard and put in garden beds yeah. and started growing food. Yeah. Um, but, like, there is this certain tipping point where you're, like, you're saying, okay, it's great to be doing this, but now we want to do it at another scale, like, at another level. Like, what was that conversation like, like, that night that you guys were thinking about that move and contemplating that move? I don't know if it was one specific conversation, but it was kind of a buildup for me. As I began to feel, one, restricted on what we were able to do where we were at in the city. Uh, we, there was, you know, I wanted to have chickens and ducks because I ate a lot of eggs as I was uh, doing the bodybuilding thing and still in the fitness. Uh, so I wanted to start eating better eggs and start having chickens. And then we, city ordinances said no chickens. And we knew that we had neighbors that would, that would tell us. I wasn't even going to try that. On top of having kids and being concerned with being in a neighborhood that there was a lot of traffic, going down the road that we lived on i wanted them to have a place where they could just go out and explore and be in nature without having to be concerned of them being ran over and then on top of that just feeling like in where we were in the city there really wasn't any privacy to go out in nature without your neighbor just looking at you like what are you doing out there man it's weird so uh, we really just wanted to get it a place where we could be more connected to to the earth or food and one another and uh so that was some of the things and, and one of the conversations that we had was as I was, we were going through this, is um, uh, we knew that we didn't have a lot of economical resources to to just go buy property and start homesteading. Yeah. So, uh, my wife's parents uh, had a property that had been in the family for years, and we had kind of talked about uh, starting something on that. I'll let you. Yeah. Well, I remember my grandparents grew up there. I mean, they didn't grow up there, but I grew up with my grandparents living there, and. There, there was already a well there there was already a septic system there and um, it really wasn't being taken care of so it just seemed like hey dad yeah. what do you think about this idea type situation and it all just kind of worked out now the house though that you ended up putting on that property isn't like your conventional house what, what, what is it describe it for people with with being uh with where we were i knew that i wanted a homestead however we had we had very very limited uh yeah, financial resources to be able to do it so uh we knew that we had to kind of look at some other options and um i think it was you Lacey, that brought up uh the pos- the option of living in a yurt which i didn't had considered at the time and nor didn't really know too much about it until i looked at the mother earth news magazine ad about about yurt living and I remember you calling me and asking about that. I was like, I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no, but ask your dad, see what he thinks, since it was, since it was his land living there. And, yeah, and, and I found 
what I called him about was I was just surfing the net and I was looking on Craigslist and I was like, I wonder if there's yurts on Craigslist. And I just searched it and there's one like two hours from us. Yeah. And I, and I, I called him up and I said, hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, I'm not saying no. Yeah. We're like, ask your dad if we could set it up on his property. And yeah. that's just where it started from. So, so what's it been like living in a yurt? It's been great. I don't regret it at all. It's yeah. uh, there's definitely been learning lessons along the way. Uh, do I recommend people living in the yurt as a uh, alternative uh, alternative uh, housing? Oh yes, because uh, it can bear. It really be a a cost-effective way to get your homestead started with having housing on your yurt. It's also can, is uh, easier construction for somebody who's not really uh, familiar with a lot of construction background, which I didn't have either. So uh, I think it's an easy way to get started if that's as an option. They have, you also have your tiny houses and your other things that you can start as well. Uh, but a yurt can be a, a yurt can be a solid option for people wanting to uh, start a homestead. <laughs> <laughs> so now, as you can hear in the background, right? Yeah. You guys have three kids. Yes. And they live in that yurt with you. Yes. How, what's that like having a young family in a yurt? Sometimes it's loud, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, I think it's good. It, it forces us to be together and, you know, and work with one another. I think that's part of it. And, uh, and if you're going to live in any small space, I think that's part, that's part of it. One of the adjustments, especially uh, in our American society, is uh, getting adjusted to uh, living in a smaller space, living with more of a, a minimalistic lifestyle. Uh, our house before was 2,600 square feet and our yurt 700 square feet. So that was almost a reduction of 2,000 square feet that we had to deal with and learn to adjust to. And we're still learning to do that. And as far as changing your habits on, uh, we're such in a consumer society. So it's always like, buy this, get that, buy this. Then you have people bring you stuff. So it's like, I can only fit so much in 700 square feet. You have feet. to be intentional you of do. what you have. You do. Well, well so how do, how do you do that? Because I, I feel like my wife and I have had many conversations about this where it's like, yeah, we don't want more stuff. We don't want more stuff. And then like Christmas rolls around and like relatives are offering you gifts out of the, you know, goodness of their heart and really giving and caring but then it's more stuff that you're trying to incorporate into your house like how do you manage that it's, when you have such limited space it's a process both personally working through the habits in your own mind and your own personal habits and as far as how you think about things and kind of thinking through that you have a, a place for those things but it's also communicating to people who buy things and bring things to you. It's, like I said, it's a process from some of our family members. We're like, hey, maybe don't buy them that or maybe spend money on taking them on experiences with them instead of on things. Because we're such a society that's so focused on things. Yeah. And making hard decisions. You know, I've had to make some really hard yeah. decisions. You know, am I using this? Is this something that is productive in my life? And it's not. If it's not, then it's. Sometimes yeah. you just have to be let it go. Yeah. Just let it go and let someone else enjoy it and use it, and, uh, and that's that's just one thing that I've had to do. Yeah, you kind of look around and see the things you have and like, do I really need this? Yeah. Am I really using this? When if I'm not using it now, do I plan to use plan to use it in the near future? If the answer yeah. is no, then maybe it needs to go. Or if not, another thing I learned is uh, if there's some, some sentimental thing with it, just take a picture of that item and then get rid of it. He's the get-ridder. I'm ridder. a little hardcore. You've been yeah. reading your Marie yeah. Kondo, I can yeah. tell. Yeah. I can hear yeah. it in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, so, so, all right. So, you guys are a relatively young family, mm -hmm. living close together in close space, growing a lot of your own food. 
living in the year, like what are the things that you really appreciate about that combination of things and what are the things that you sometimes are like, oh gosh, if we could only do this a little differently? Good question. Yeah, I think sometimes as a mom too it's like i just want a quiet space i just want somewhere i can kind of go and disconnect and be quiet um maybe that is the only downside that i see sometimes but like i said before it it forces you to learn how to work with one another and being in a close environment and if i had to do anything over again i don't know i don't know if i would change anything about it um I, no, I would change. I would put it on a big deck and have me a nice porch. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I would definitely do. One of the biggest things that I appreciate about it is the the freedom that it brings. That I, I'm not in bondage to a mortgage on it. It's, it's paid off. And I, I don't spend my days working to, to pay for the house. It's already paid for. I guess one of the, I guess the downfalls, disadvantages, what would that be? Is... Uh, one problem that's on my mind is like if you invite somebody over, just kind of thinking, well, what are they, what are they thinking about this place? Um, it doesn't bother me too long, but it, it is in my mind. I'd be like, oh, this is different, but you can turn it around. It's also a positive too. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So you talk about not being stuck having to work a job to just pay for your house. Mm-hmm. But you've made this transition where you're, you know, pro bodybuilder at one point mm-hmm. to you're a farmer today. Mm-hmm. What, would, what did that progression look like? How do you go from that one line of work to what you're doing today? I think part of it is whenever we really started learning about like GMOs and how our food is raised. And he was eating so much chicken, you know, in every week. I think that started us on our journey and learning about how our food was, was made. And then that made you want to have chickens yeah. And then when we couldn't have chickens, it, it was just like a progression through. What do you think? Uh, yeah, also from like the, the fitness uh, exercise standpoint of it, because uh, I even stopped working out at the gym. In addition to stop working in there as a trainer and manager, uh, but stop working out there. I, I found that when I was in my, even in my tip-top shape as a bodybuilder, that um, I was still having some issues, like doing the normal task outside. I'm like, I'm in this shape, but I'm struggling to, to edge the bushes. This is ridiculous. It just showed that I really didn't have functional, real life endurance and strength. Uh, once I started doing more of the physical task on the farm, it showed me, hey, you can get all the exercise you need from just doing the, the farm tasks, the homesteading stuff. And back in the day, they didn't have gyms to go to. They got their exercise in from the daily work that they did. And the more I did that, the more I see that I don't need the gym anymore. Well, it's funny you say that because I, I, you know, when I used to live and work in the city, I'd go to a gym in the mornings mm-hmm. and exercise and do like some elliptical and then mm-hmm. lift some weights and call it a day and yeah. know, whatever. But like now, it's like yeah, I'll pour like eighty gallons of water into buckets and walk exactly it out right. about one hundred and fifty yards to where the ducks are. Yeah, and do that sort of stuff. And I feel like I'm much stronger mm-hmm. and in better shape today yeah. than I was four years ago. And yeah, I haven't set foot in a gym in a year yeah. and a half, two years almost. Like. One of the things that people don't know is a lot of the machines and things that are in the gym, they were designed for rehab. They're fixed motions that motion, they're motions you really don't do in real life. They're not, they don't train you to be functionally strong. They don't, tra- they don't train you to be 
uh, have stability in the muscles that you need to carry around all those buckets of feed or water. But when you're out there doing those things, you're working on muscles that stabilize your ankle muscles, your your wrist, and your all your joints. The the muscles and overall uh, fitness that you need for life and your lifestyle. Uh, to me, that's real fitness. Uh, I'm not saying for people who go to the gym that that's wrong, but uh, you really can get in shape from just from the daily living on a homestead. Do, do you find like yourself sort of as you're kind of connecting what you used to do to what you do now, finding lessons and learnings that you're able to relay to people in terms of how to build that functional strength given sort of chores around the homestead? Exactly right. I, uh, I totally do. I feel like there's lessons that I'm able to 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 preach and communicate to, to both the, the, the more fitness focused crowd and the homesteading crowd because uh, there is a connection, but we've made it uh, a divide. Uh, too many homesteaders are not focused enough on their health and fitness. But to be a healthy homesteader is vitally important to be to be in shape, to be physically fit, to be healthy all around in your body, so that way you can continue to take care of your homestead. If you're not healthy as a homesteader, your homestead is not going to be healthy. And for those people who are who are in the gym, gym rats or whatever. They, they fail to see the connection of, they just see it more as the gym is the only way to get in shape. When they really can apply that energy that they're using in the gym, maybe one or two other days a week of your workout, just maybe do something out in the garden instead of having that workout at the gym. You're gonna, and if you decide to cut the gym membership, you're gonna save time of going to the gym, you're gonna save t- money on a gym membership, and you're actually gonna be accomplishing something at the same time. You go to the gym, you're just working on your body and that's it. But you're outside doing these tasks on your homestead, you're getting in shape at the same time of producing something tangible for you and your family to enjoy. Mm. Now that makes perfect sense. Now, as you're, you're also handling the farm business side of things, mm-hmm. and you know you're doing market gardening, and you guys do ducks and chickens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how's that been? What's that experience like? Trying to actually have a small business of your own that's that's you know based on a products like that. Um, it's definitely there are learning lessons there as well, and it's a process. Uh, uh, one of the most beneficial things was finding people that you can mimic in how they do things, so that way it will shorten your learning curve. Uh, I didn't necessarily have one to learn from from the duck standpoint, but I've learned a lot from Justin Rhodes about chickens. And from the a market garden standpoint, I know you didn't ask about that, but from market garden standpoint, I learned a lot from Curtis Stone who shortened the learning curve so much on what we grow out in the garden. And it's made a tremendous difference. <laughs> That's awesome. So for somebody who's listening to this, hearing the lifestyle that you guys have, you know, out in the yurt, raising your own food, staying healthy, what advice would you have for them if they're, you know, working in an office job, eating fast food, and just sort of thinking about trying to make a leap? I would say just start doing what you can do. Uh, one of the things that I like to tell the kids is don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. You can start making just small little different choices. And even if you have a kitchen window where you could start growing microgreens, or maybe you just have a shelf where you start growing microgreens in your house or garage, then start adding some of those things to, to your to diet. And even if you can't grow anything, you know, support a local farmer. Go out and learn how your food is grown and, you know, find the knowledge first. Yeah. But just do something. Take take that first step because the hardest thing is taking that first step. And then as you go, it just becomes easier and easier. I mean, you still have problems, yeah. but you can handle them because of what yeah. you've started. Just analyze your situation and figure out what you can do do something.
So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I, I really liked getting to sit down and, and chat with Mike and Lacey. Um, you know, they're just a really nice couple and, and they've got just such, such interesting stuff going on. Um, you know, it's just great to be able to make friends with folks like that. If you want to learn more about Mike and Lacey and what they're doing on their homestead, be sure to check them out. Uh, they're at the fit farmer, Mike Dixon over on YouTube. Uh, they put out some great videos and really interesting stuff. So, so definitely encourage you to check them out. And if you want to learn more about what we're doing here on Goldshaw Farm, uh, be sure to check us out in our YouTube channel. It's uh, Goldshaw Farm. We put out new videos every Monday and Thursday. And uh, every time we put out a video, we really try to document what's going on here on our farm and, and tell a good story. So if, if, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to check it out. And uh, that's it. That's all I have for today's episode. Uh, we'll be back real soon with another one, um, including a very special guest for our next episode that, that I'm wicked excited about because i've uh uh so that that is it that's really all we've got for this episode uh if you want to so that's it uh that's all we've got for this episode we will be back real soon with another story of somebody who is homesteading farming chasing dreams or doing something really cool uh until then i will ask my good friend mr keith pierce to please play our theme song thanks it's got a soul Hero farm, it falls asleep inside my arms. We work the fields under the stars. The love is here at Goldshaw Farms. A city life yet had its charms. But we would dream of the fields under the stars. I fall asleep inside its arms. Goldshaw Farms The love is here Here at Goldshaw Farms